This podcast is brought to you by the Village of Bedford Park, your home for business. Over 450 businesses strong and growing with a safe, reliable Lake Michigan water supply. Visit VOBPBiz.com and bring your business home to the Village of Bedford Park. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Now, the WBBM Noon Business Hour. It's 12.03, Monday afternoon, September 26th. Good afternoon. Thanks for joining us on the Noon Business Hour, presented by the Village of Bedford Park. I'm Rob Hart. Apple moving some of its iPhone production to India. We'll learn more about that in our next segment. But right now, the week ahead includes key data from the housing market and manufacturing, along with more debate of the Federal Reserve's money policy. We're joined by Bob Brusca, chief economist, fact and opinion economics based in New York. Bob, thanks for joining us today. Before we talk about uh, Fed policy and whether they've gone too far in uh, hiking interest rates to uh, crush inflation, is there any data point at any point this week uh, that can uh, get the markets out of their funk, whether it's durable goods, home sales, jobless claims, personal consumption, uh, anything that can stop this slide? Uh, no, it, does not, it, it doesn't have that quality of data for this week. I mean, there are a couple of consumer confidence reports, and even if they show some improvement, and I don't know why they would in this environment, I don't think it's going to change anything. The, the house, there have been some bounces in the housing data. We do have new home sales this week, but I don't think that's going to turn anything around. I think that, uh, look, it's a reality. Markets have to price to reality. And so, um, you know, you may not like it, but you, know, you you can close your eyes if a car is coming at you, but it's still going to hit you. Well, when it comes to uh, the idea of there being a recession that seems more and more likely uh, based on the uh, predictions and, and also based on the fact you never really hear the word soft landing anymore, but now you have some critics saying that uh, maybe the Fed hiked too far and too fast and didn't really uh, wait to see whether or not those uh, interest rate hikes from earlier in the year were having their intended effect. Where do you fall in this particular debate? Well, you know, not to be unkind and to realize we need to uh, embrace other people's opinions. Not everybody agrees. I think that other point of view is stupid. Um, And here's why. We know monetary policy works with lags. We also know that the CPI inflation rate is 8%. 8%. Before the Fed hike rates, the top of its range is only 2.5%. Now, last time I looked at arithmetic, 8 was greater than 2.5. In fact, the Fed's only looking to get the uh, Fed funds rate up to about four and a half percent and eight is greater than four and a half. So I don't even begin to understand how people think that four and a half is too big when inflation is eight. Historically, you need to get the federal funds rate up above the inflation rate. Now, I realize that there's some expectation inflation is going to fall, and that's what the Fed has built into its forecast. In fact, I consider this to be a very, very modest tightening being planned by the Fed in the face of this horrific inflation. You know, and it's a 40-year high in inflation. I mean, we have never had inflation this high and had the inflation rate knocked down to normal without having a recession. So why is anybody in their right mind think it would happen this way this time? What magic elixir do you think Powell had to pull out of his hat 
to create a soft landing when inflation was already at 8%. I don't even begin to understand that, to tell you the truth. The criticism to me is uh, criticism by people who have been making predictions and they're wrong, and now they're trying to make themselves look better by casting the blame onto the Fed. Uh, from the end of last year, I've been saying, we're going to have a recession. The inflation rate's too high. It's what's got to happen. It's been pretty clear to me all along. Bob Bruska, Chief Economist, Fact and Opinion Economics, not holding back today. I love it. Thanks, Bob. Coming up, okay, Apple is making a shift in where it's producing its iPhones. Dedicated to currency events. You're listening to the WBBM Noon Business Hour. Apple is making a change in production, assembling some of its iPhone 14 in India. Let's talk about the shift away from China with Chris Johnson, market strategist with the Johnson Research Group based in Cincinnati. Chris, thanks for joining us today. Is this another sign that uh, corporate America is growing tired of the COVID-19 lockdowns in China and that that zero COVID policy uh, may do some long-lasting economic damage? Yeah, I think it's a sign of that, not only that, Rob, but it's also a sign of what I think you're probably going to see are more of these larger companies that are technology-based that are making their products in China kind of trying to wean themselves or at least putting together a long-term plan to wean themselves from the area based on a lot of the geopolitical concerns there. I mean, you can talk about uh, Taiwan, Russia, all of these things add up to something that corporate America doesn't like, and that is potential for uncertainty down the road. Why not put together some contingency plans right now? Where has India kind of ranked in the uh, global manufacturing scene? For because for as, as long as I've been alive, uh, it's made in China, made in Japan, made in Taiwan. Um, Asia is usually where a lot of the manufacturing takes place. Uh, where has India ranked in worldwide manufacturing, and is it really you know zooming up the charts, or has it always been there? It is coming up the charts, obviously, when we start to talk about India. There's also, I mean, a geopolitical area of the world. India is right there as well with Pakistan and, and all of the, the, let's say, Middle Eastern um, problems that have been able to arise. India is a little more stable, obviously. One of the more developed companies or, or countries out there. And right now, I see this as something of... Uh, companies trying to expand away. I couldn't give you the number in terms of uh, their production capabilities and what they do in India. You'd have to ask somebody that is a specialist in that. But you are starting to see a number of companies not go from the service industries. Remember, service industries are strong in India, but more production there. And I believe that just comes down to energy. After two years of uh, supply chain disruptions and supply chain uncertainty and COVID lockdowns in China, uh, shutting down factories and closing ports, um, are we going to see more onshoring as far as U.S. manufacturing is concerned or just more manufacturing in India? No, I believe you will see more onshoring here. Great question. Look at what's going on in Columbus, Ohio. This is a little bit of security, national security, but you've got Intel that is trying to move forward with building the semiconductor plant there. When it comes to technology, I think the United States is starting to figure out that it is a national defense issue across the board. Look at what's happening with NVIDIA and the impact of the regulations and the licenses that are being put in place in, in terms of semiconductors going to China. Same thing is going to come. It's not going to be a nationalization of the semiconductor industry, but it is certainly going to be making strides towards that so we can feel better 
about not being reliant on other countries right now. Chris Johnson, market strategist with the Johnson Research Group in Cincinnati, Ohio. Thanks for joining us today. Coming up next, how a hurricane in Florida could impact energy markets. Because money matters. This is the WBBM Noon Business Hour. Hurricane Ian expected to hit Cuba tonight, then move on to Florida in the coming days. Let's talk about how the storm could affect energy prices with Phil Flynn, senior market analyst with the Price Group and Fox Business News contributor based in Chicago. Phil, thanks for joining us today. Uh, Oil is still down, uh, now trading uh, the WTI, trading at uh, $76.66 a barrel. So if uh, Hurricane Ian uh, is anticipated to uh, disrupt uh, oil and gas production in the Gulf, uh, refinery operations, it's not showing up yet in the price of oil, or is it? Well, it is in a weird way, because on this particular storm and the track that it's on, more than likely it's going to do more damage to the demand side of the equation than it is the production side. And the reason why that is, it looks like this storm is not going to hit any major refineries. Uh, There are two offshore facilities that are closing down right now uh, in the Gulf of Mexico from Chevron, and you'll see some more shutdowns. But it appears that the major infrastructure is out of harm's way. But what could happen is we could see the storm plow into Florida, you know, turn off electricity, people can't drive, and that could cause a situation where the demand for oil actually falls, and that could push prices down. Another thing is, is that the U.S. now has been exporting a record amount of oil and natural gas, right? Um, That could slow because of the storm, and so that means supplies could back up. So in this particular case, every storm is different. Uh, It looks like it's a bearish event, at least in the beginning. I mean, knock on wood, this has been a a rather favorable hurricane season so far as far as uh, uh, disruption to uh, refining and oil exploration activities in the Gulf of Mexico. Uh, We're we're almost at October, and this is the uh, first major hurricane uh, about to make landfall in the U.S. And normally, you know, in in previous years, we're talking this is the uh, three or four storms by now. Yeah, I think you're right. I mean, you know, it looked like we were going to get through the entire hurricane season without any storms. But, you know, amazingly enough, every once in a while in late September, early October, uh, you can get a a rash of storms. And and that seems to be what have happened. Um, And make no mistake about it, every hurricane is different. But this particular storm uh, doesn't look like it will damage any major oil infrastructure. But you're absolutely right. Uh, You know, we've got through the entire season. We haven't had any storms. There are times during this year, had we seen those storms hit uh, and, and hit some of that infrastructure, we could have seen prices really go through the roof because we have a global uh, tight supply situation. Phil Flynn, senior market analyst with The Price Group and a Fox Business News contributor based in Chicago. Thanks again for joining us, as always, to talk about the state of the energy market. Still ahead, Walmart looks to a brave new world in its efforts to attract more and new customers. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. 
This is Chicago's news traffic and weather station, News Radio 105.9. The WBBM Noon Business Hour continues. Good afternoon. I'm Rob Hart. These are the top stories on News Radio WBBM. Hurricane Ian sets its sights on Cuba, with Florida likely next in line. A new Biden administration policy would help air travelers see the real cost of their tickets. Walmart looks to bring in more customers to the portal of the metaverse. And at Stock Picker Monday, we'll get a couple of ideas from investing pros. WBBM business. The markets are lower. The Dow is down 337 points. The Nasdaq is down 40, and the S&P 500 is down 37. AccuWeather says, sunshine, some clouds today with a cool, gusty wind and a high of 64. 59 degrees right now at 1231. Topping our news at the half hour, Florida is bracing for a direct strike from Hurricane Ian, which is intensifying as it makes its way northwest from the Caribbean. Governor Ron DeSantis has already declared a state of emergency ahead of Ian's expected arrival this Wednesday. You will see storm surge in places like southwest Florida, even though the storm is projected to be 100 or 150 miles uh, off the coast. The hurricane is expected to impact western Cuba tonight. A new initiative is aimed at allowing travelers to see the true cost of airline tickets. The White House says the Transportation Department's new rule would stop airlines from hiding things like baggage and change fees. That would help consumers save money up front and encourage more competition among airlines to offer better fares. The president this afternoon will push other agencies to take similar actions focused on boosting transparency on hidden fees that can balloon true costs. The administration's taken similar actions on bank and credit card fees. The moves come as the White House looks for more ways to lower costs amid high inflation. Sagar Magani, Washington. It's 12.32 as the noon business hour continues, presented by the Village of Bedford Park. Markets are in the red. We're joined by Gary Kultbaum, president of Kultbaum Capital Management based in Orlando. Gary, thanks for joining us once again today. When we last spoke at 10.20 this morning, the markets were kind of treading water. NASDAQ still in positive territory. Now all three are back on the down escalator. Any particular reason driving uh, today's Sell off, or is it just the uh, the general recession anxiety that's been with us for the last couple of weeks? Uh, look no further than the ten year yield, which is your mortgages, has gone from three point seven percent to almost three point nine percent today. We're talking a huge one day move that the market will react to. Combine that with oil prices coming down, which is going to be great for the consumer at the pump. But in my mind, it is stating that the economy is uh, either on the ledge or already fallen off the ledge. Uh, and you got a little bit of a one-two punch here. And this did not obviously start today. This has been going on for quite a while. It's just another, uh, another day continuation of the market getting used to the cost of everything going up. And then the British pound is uh, almost at parity with the U.S. dollar for the first time since the mid-1980s. Is that adding to the uh, general sense of worry that exists on Wall Street today? Uh, oh, yeah. The, uh, it takes only 96 cents to buy a euro now. I'd say it, when I first went to Europe, it was a buck sixty, And when I first went to the United Kingdom, it was $2.10, and we're nearing parity. So that matters why a strong dollar hurts our multinationals that do a ton of business over there. But also, I've been using the word distortion for the last two years. 
the worry is all these distortions are playing out badly and nobody knows where it ends. And people sell first, ask questions later. And that's what you're seeing in droves right now. Uh, thinking back to a very old comedy routine, George Carlin, the hippy-dippy weatherman, talking <laughs> about the the bad the radar is picking up a line of thunderstorms and some Russian ICBM, so I wouldn't sweat the thunderstorms. At what point does the do we stop talking about inflation and start talking about a serious economic downturn? Uh, I'm starting to talk deflation. So uh, we we here pretty much talk inflation before anybody else. I'm worried about deflation caused by inflation and also just what I consider to be ridiculous policy, uh, both here and around the globe, and too much central banks. They took over, played God with markets, thought they were omnipotent, thinking anything they do will work out well, uh, ended up causing the inflation. Now we're getting the opposite. And where it stops, I don't know, but I'm a big believer in the market. And I'll tell you what I'm a really big believer in, what Federal Express told us. Uh, these are people that don't talk a lot. Uh, these are people that really are careful with their words. And when they tell us global recession, I listen. And uh, I th again, the stock market, which I do believe is a lot of the economy, is speaking loud and clear, unfortunately. This uh, type of Federal Reserve thinking that we talked about in the previous segment um, that you kind of laid at the feet of Ben Bernanke 15 years ago about lowering rates and providing a, a, what might be an artificially low interest rate environment um, divorced from the fundamentals of the economy. Was this a, a Bernanke thing? Was this a Greenspan thing? Uh, where did this line of thinking begin as far as the Fed was concerned? For me, it was Bernanke with the printing of money, but he was a piker compared to what Jay Powell has done, uh, to take it to $9 trillion and get the European Central Bank doing the same, Japan, China doing the same. Every price, every yield was distorted beyond the beyond. And all you're seeing right now is the unwinding of it. It's actually the market yelling and screaming at them, enough's enough, we're now taking over. And that's the way it should be, by the way, Free markets, you know, the ability for investors and traders to uh, buy and sell at a price, at a time, at a size, without the interference. And unfortunately, they interfered in ways unimaginable. And now the market is uh, fighting back, unfortunately, and pretty quickly, too. Gary Kalpam, president of Kalpam Capital Management based in Orlando. Thanks for joining us today. Find him online at GaryK.com. Coming up next, another major company takes the plunge into the metaverse. Your best stock option. This is the WBBM Noon Business Hour. Walmart looking at ways to reach shoppers, especially younger ones, by entering the metaverse. Let's discuss the plan with Paul Hockman, president of Humongous Media, former tech editor for the Today Show based in Cambridge. Massachusetts. Paul, thanks for joining us today. Explain what Walmart is doing uh, as they take their first uh, tentative steps into the metaverse uh, that a lot of companies uh, seem to be uh, staking their future on. Yeah, well, what they're really doing is they're kind of winging it. <laughs> and what I mean by that is that they are definitely uh, trying to appeal to what, what it amounts to a huge demographic shift in terms of the way people shop, the way they shop online, what they're looking for, and so forth, but especially when it comes to younger customers, specifically Roblox, which a lot of people have heard of, but basically it's a gaming platform. There are about 52 million users currently, which is obviously a lot. 
Roblox is a gaming platform that you can play, obviously, on your mobile device. Well, Walmart wants to have shopping experiences happen within that platform. And the reason that they're calling it Walmart's universe of play, and the reason they're doing that at Walmart is because they're trying to appeal to shoppers who are now more and more expecting to make purchases inside social media apps like Snapchat or uh, obviously Facebook, and Meta, which is Meta. The idea being, again, that if that's how customers are interacting with your products that you're selling, why force them to go to some URL, some website, instead have them play and buy things? That's the goal. And with this, uh, for, for a generation of shoppers who are already used to uh, in-game uh, purchases and, and a very kind of integrated app experience, uh, this seems like a case of uh, meeting a particular subset of shoppers where they are. That's exactly right. Gen Z, roughly speaking, defined as around age 25 or so. Um, that is who is having these, uh, these, these urges to shop within, within social media apps. Again, the, the idea, just to get, so folks can visualize, if I'm interested in shopping for a cool pair of shoes, this is how it goes, I can now, within using the metaverse essentially, with augmented reality, I can now point my phone down at my feet and within that social media app, suddenly see the shoes I'm considering, say they're Nikes or Gucci if you're high-end or whatever it may be, see those shoes projected onto my foot. It's, a tr it's called the try-on experience, and, and it's, it's selling a lot of stuff, frankly. In fact, the experience so far, some data collected by Snap shows that purchases are doubled. That is to say the conversion rate doubles if somebody sees a product they're interested in in that experience, that augmented reality experience. So there's a lot of money to be made, and William White, who's Walmart's chief marketing officer, is going all in on this at first. As far as uh, both the metaverse and augmented reality are concerned, uh, where is Walmart in this race? Are they coming in um, at a good time for a major multinational corporation, or do they have to play a little bit of catch-up? No, that's a great question. I, frankly, uh, to me, as an outsider to Walmart's internal workings, I'm a little surprised. They're actually pretty early, is I guess what I'm saying. In other words, Walmart has not, until recently, been no, they've struggled with their online shopping, with digital experiences, and they are going all in on this because uh, they perceive it's going to be a hugely profitable move to be first to market. Um, so to answer your question, Walmart's fairly early. There are lots of folks doing this, okay? But the point is that they're not waiting. So they are, I would say they are in lockstep with almost everybody's urge to be part of the metaverse. It seems, you know, between Amazon, Walmart, Target, and Macy's have all seemed to have uh, successfully either made the transition or have done a very good job of building out their e-commerce portion uh, in addition to their brick-and-mortar retail offerings. Um, is there any yeah. risk for Walmart in jumping out as early as they do? No, I don't think, first of all, that's a great question. And of course, I mean, I guess the, the broad answer is, of course, yes, there's a risk, but because there's a risk to almost any step like this, which takes you away from your core offering, but which to your point is brick and mortar. But, you know, r remember not that long ago, Target discovered, well, found, unfortunately, knew that they had a huge oversupply of inventory and had to dramatically lower prices, uh, which were certain, certainly welcome in an inflation-heavy environment right now. But they, they did because people's shopping habits had changed. They weren't going into the stores all of a sudden. Again, this digital experience is what customers wanted. So to answer your question, I think all these guys are taking a risk, yes. But I think the calculated risk here is that people's 
habits are changing. And if they want to appeal to a new customer that's going to be with them for another 30 years, this is a great way to do it. Paul Hockman, president of Humongous Media, former tech editor of the Today Show based in Cambridge, Massachusetts. Thanks for joining us this afternoon. Lunch money for all generations. This is the WBBM Noon Business Hour. Hey, it's Stock Picker Monday and helping us out this afternoon is Vahan Jenjigian, chief investment officer at Greenwich Wealth Management in Greenwich, Connecticut. Vahan, thanks for joining us this afternoon. You have uh, two selections today, and the first one has to do with the energy sector. Yeah, that's right. Um, so I, I like XLE. This is an ETF. It's a relatively safe way to play the energy sector because you're buying a diversified portfolio. However, I should point out that um, about 43% of the weighting in this ETF is in two stocks only, um, ExxonMobil and Chevron. So you are taking a, a big bet on those. Um, but the reason I like it so much is because, um, first of all, oil has been one of the best performing sectors so far this year. But most recently, we've seen a, a rather big sell-off because uh, the Fed actions um, have people concerned that we're going to have a pretty um, severe recession, um, or at least some sort of recession, and therefore demand for oil might fall. And so as a result, we've seen a, a real plunge in oil prices the last few weeks. Um, we're now seeing uh, WTI at about uh, 76.80 per barrel. And um, the lower the price of oil goes, of course, uh, the less money some of these oil company make, companies make. However, they're going to be extremely profitable at any price above uh, $60 a barrel. So I think this is a good opportunity to uh, to pick some of these uh, oil names up, and the best way to do it is through the XLE. And then your next one, uh, this was a company that uh, was spun off of a, a, a regional big name, Milwaukee's own uh, Johnson Controls, uh, about six years ago. Yes, that's right. So uh, that's ADNT, uh, ticker symbol ADNT. And uh, this is a company that makes um, seats for automobiles. So it is in the automobile sector. Um, the nice thing about uh, making seats for automobiles is that it doesn't matter whether they're uh, internal combustion engine automobiles or uh, electric vehicles. They, they all need seats. Um, so this uh, stock uh, most recently, like the rest of the market, has been, uh, has been selling off. It's a little bit out of favor right now. Of course, if we're going into a recession, that raises questions about automobile sales. But um, it's come down to a, you know, very um, attractive price. It's uh, it's selling for a very low multiple. Um, the uh, trailing PE is actually less than uh, four, and the forward PE is uh, is approximately uh, seven. Um, so I think it's a it's a very cheap stock. It's a long term holding. Um, it's not the kind of stock that uh, you should buy and expect it to double in a, in a couple of months. But um, if you're a long-term investor, I think it's something to pick up here. Vahan Jinjigian, Chief Investment Officer at Greenwich Wealth Management, based in Greenwich, Connecticut. Thanks for joining us for Stock Picker Monday. His selections this week, the Energy Select Sector, which is an energy ETF exchange traded fund, the symbol XLE and ADNT, A-D-N-T. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. 
Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Oh, oh, oh. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts.